Can't explain all the feelings that you're making me feel. My heart is in overdrive and you're behind a steering wheel. Touching you, touching me, touching you. God, you're touching me. I believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of the heart. There's a chance we can make it now. We'll be rocking till the sun goes down. I believe in a thing called love. Let's go. No idea, man, but that was great. Darkness. Uh, I, I believe in a thing called love. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, so no, 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 anything no. with love in it. Well done. Like, well done, yeah, man. Brian, that was good. That was good. <laughs> okay, now the nervous can disappear, right? So it's totally cool, man. Well, it's an icebreaker. It's an icebreaker. That's why, well, Carlito's the one that came up with it first, right? And, I, and I always say, listen, good luck on that. But here we go, 400 plus shows and everybody's done there it. There you go. Almost everybody's done it. Wow. So thank you, man. No worries, man. Thanks for opening up the show that way. It's a pleasure to have you in the studio. Hopefully we still have everybody. We have everybody that. listening. <laughs> That's going to get shared. People are going to go, that wasn't too bad, man. That was actually good. Yeah, they yeah. might start hiring you for that reason. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Uh, and we were off mic. We we're talking. I think the last time that we saw each other was like back in IBS, yeah. way, way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was maybe like five, pull, pull five, my clothes. Yeah, five was, years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was, I was I was telling Angelina it was like five or six years ago. Yeah, yeah. And then I think it was you. Rob was there. Uh, yeah, Will Horace. Dinell was there. Horace was there. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get Horace back on the show. Rob's been on the show. We did the Plumbers Roundtable with yeah, him. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and then I think Will was down in the States for a bit. Then yeah. he came back up here. Yeah. So it's it's funny how like things have changed. Landscapes changed. Yeah, like when I when I went down to IBS, I like I don't know if you know, but like plumbing's only something that pays the bills for me. It's not necessarily the thing that I have love and passion for uh, 100%. Uh, if I was to do it all over again, I'd probably do electrician at the trade. Oh, wow. But uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for that, I originally wanted to become an architect. I just wasn't in a, in a position to go six years of school. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have made life choices like that, not being able to afford the school part. I said, hey, I moved out of my house at 16, have to pay the bills. University is not in the card for me. So, you know, trades was a great way to be able to invest in myself long term and still pay the bills. And what was that? So you're 16, 17 getting into trades? Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, I, uh, I was in grade 10. I was working f during the summer for uh, a friend's dad. And there, he was a mill rate by trade, and he took over his dad's business, which was installing dry cleaning plants. So basically, we did steam lines, gas lines, air lines, uh, rebuilt presses, laundry machines. And then I realized, well, I, the girlfriend I was dating at the time, uh, she's like, hey, he could close down his business one day, and you have nothing to show for it, which is a scary thought. And I was more like, like I, I really made sure that I was going to be good long-term. So I had to make the choice. I went to uh, pre-apprenticeship school on the weekend, didn't tell my boss. So I did, uh, I think I did four months every weekend, Saturday and Sunday to trade school. And then if you got an 80% or higher, they placed you with the company for your probation period. And that's where I stayed for 10 years. For 10 years, yeah. Huh? yeah. And then you became a master from that? Uh, yeah. So it took me uh, five years to get my license. Stayed there for a while. Had a few guys underneath me. Had like it felt like an office downtown because I was always down there and uh, yeah I basically was the lead man in the company for a while and uh, I just uh, I decided that I needed to go make my own money one day. But learn the trade 
on boots on the ground kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily outside of the apprenticeship, right? But not necessarily in the classroom and not yeah. trade school or anything like that, just uh, on the weekends. But yeah. you picked it all up from there. Yeah. Like, I basically, I realized that I was good working my hands in the, in the dry cleaning industry. And uh, I uh, decided that, hey, I don't mind doing this. And I went into plumbing and uh, I, 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 I had a truck. My boss was uh, down guys, and he said, hey, I need you to go do calls after two years. And he gave me the keys to the truck and said, go figure it out. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty nerve-wracking experience. But like probably a lot of people, unless you're forced into something, you, may, you don't know how much you can grow. And uh, the confidence level that I built over that, that year there was insane. Huh? was huge, yeah. Let me, I, I love it. There's more to ask, but I just want to do a quick shout out to Paul and Mac Constructions Inc. And uh, he's always doing amazing jobs, big jobs, self-leveling. And so I'm wearing his tee today on the show. And then I want to share it with everybody. Target Combined Services, Bryant Isaacs is here at Target Contracting on IG. And you can reach him at 905-903-5434. And his email also is Bryant with a T at TargetCombinedServices.com. So it took the girlfriend, the way, way back one, to kind of remind you that, hang on, this is no stability here. You didn't see she, that? She, you had blinders on? Man, I, I was just trying to put my life in order and try to, like, I, I lived with, so basically I left home, stayed with some friends, and, and then I moved in with the owner of the restaurant that I worked at. Uh, which was in a food court. So um, it was a Chinese family. They weren't very well rounded in North America yet. Um, they just opened a business. So basically I managed the restaurant and changed for rent. So I lived in a basement, got me w uh, off the ground and uh, taught me how to interact with the customers and how to maybe do the, the business side of things in the food, uh, food court industry. And that was uh, pretty valuable. I hired some of my friends. But uh, getting back to what you're saying, it's like, the uh, Jamie was her name. She basically went to school for marketing and advertising. So her, she had direction in that sense. And she realized that maybe I didn't have the direction that I, that I should have in that job. So she's like, Hey, you should do this. And Consider this. yeah. And she, uh, she's the one who started target. Actually. She, uh, sh she basically bought, uh, realized that I was doing plumbing and doing some side jobs, you know, installing faucets for friends and family. And she's like, Hey, here's a Christmas present. She bought me business cards with Target from. Uh, <laughs> she uh, went to Business Depot yep. and uh, it said Target Plumbing, and then she clicked the Target as a logo and printed it off, and uh, that's how it all started, man. And then it was just you went, you ran with it from there. Yeah, like I, I didn't see any reason to change it. You know, like a name is important, but I, as long as it's solid, it doesn't really matter. So she came up with a name, but was there a definition or, or something behind the reason why Target? I don't know why. She, I never really asked her why she picked Target over anything else. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, especially with plumbing. Keep your eye on the Target. Yeah. Like bullseye. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Pinpoint problems kind there, of thing. That's what you aim for, yeah. right? If you're playing uh, darts or something. So yeah. I, I guess it's a good direction. I, th I had to ask her about that. <laughs> <laughs> but so how many years are we talking about now? What's it been like? Uh, I, I got those business cards, I think, in 2009. Okay. And then basically I went full-time, I would say, six years ago? Maybe six, seven years ago? You went full-time on your own. Yeah. But you there, still there, had a lot of training years before that. Yeah. Like, I, there was maybe four years of my life where I was doing 40 hours for my boss and 40 hours for me on evenings and weekends. 
Crazy and that's man. why I got into the restaurant industry and the bar industry because they were off the hours that I normally work so I could service them most likely. When they called during the day, I said that for at night, I can go from one job to the other. And do you, uh, do you think working in the restaurant, the Chinese restaurant, kind of was like a precursor to getting into plumbing because you saw what needed to be serviced and already had an idea of how to service it? To the exception of them wanting to clean out the grease trap every week, there was no really plumbing uh, related. On, no, right? yeah. I, they didn't expect me to fix it, but I'm sure they saved a lot of money me cleaning out the yeah, grease exactly trap. Exactly, I figure, right? Are we talking about a place downtown? Uh, no, is that Pickering Town Center? Okay, yeah, all right. So. so it'd still be the same kind of environment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think the company's around anymore. I think they went under. Yeah, but I had to verify that. Okay, so you got into there, but now if you had to start all over again, it'd be Sparky. You'd be getting into electrical. One thing I've always hated about my job, and I, one thing I mentioned to you before coming here, is I have no idea where I'm going to be during the day, and I hate being dirty. And I, I'm always dirty when I leave work. Of course, you know, drywall, dust, whatever. I feel like electricians have a good in that sense. <laughs> You know, like they carry a little tool belt. They do a little wiring. There's hardly any dust on it. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. Their tool bag looks like brand new. Like, when did you start? They have the four-foot ladders, and the ladders are, you know, they're pristine clean. No glues over them. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It. Just nothing. Clean. Yeah, right. No yellow glue, all kinds of stuff. And, and it's like you guys have all kinds of different kinds of glues, the soldering, whatever. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Paste, all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst part of my job. I love my job. I hate how I can't go anywhere after work before I go home and shower. And once I'm at home, I don't really don't want to leave. You almost need like a shower inside the van. Though. Yeah, that's but been I mean, done. Has it? Someone's done that? Well, I, I took all my tools out and drove to BC. And I... Uh, I, I oh, so you were doing it there. I, I used Which my, made sense. Yeah, exactly. Well, I didn't have to rent an RV. I just used my work van to go out there, slept in the back of the work van and saved me a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> what year's your van? Uh, I upgrade every four years when my lease is done. And uh, it's 2012. Right now, yeah, 2020. So, so I, you got one before the craziness, yeah, yeah, you were lucky, yeah, yeah, exactly. What well, prices were good, prices uh, are insane now, yeah, so yeah. the 2024 is gonna hurt then, yeah, it is, yeah, ouch, yeah, okay. So, you're doing plumbing, but I mean, you're good people person too, right? So, you can kind of customer service and get that all done, they trust you. I, I, I try, you know, one thing that got me that, that I heard a lot in the industry when I was young was. I, I, he did good work, but he wasn't personable, you know, like, like a contractor, like, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, no, man, I wouldn't say that about you. No, 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 not about me in their uh, past experiences with oh, contractors. Okay, Sorry, with other yeah. contractors. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah. about you. I was like, yeah. no, man. So basically yeah, okay. I, I, I realized that, hey, if I, if I'm a little more people person, I could probably get my foot in the door a lot more places and it definitely helped. You know, when, when I worked for my, my old boss for that amount of time that I was working for him, one of the, uh, one of the building operators called my boss and said, your guy's too happy. He's running around <laughs> fixing too much stuff and he's friends with everybody. And my boss actually sat me down at his table in his office and went, I need you to calm down a little bit. People are calling me. I'm like, buddy, we have bigger problems. Calm down the happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have bigger fish to fry. And I just walked out. <laughs> That's a new one, man. That's totally a new one. That this comes from jealousy from people not being happy, right? So they want the whole crew to just be miserable and go in there and just make sure you're I not happy. So. I guess so. I guess so. I'm pretty sure nobody else got that phone call, but I, I you know, I, I'm. I think you do well in electrical. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get in there and there because those guys, I think they screw around a lot more and they joke around a lot more and they always want to be happy. They yeah. don't want friction. No, 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 no. no. But all right. So I, I want to ask you about a construction bone these days, but I guess is it the same kind of construction bone that it would have been in the early days? <sighs> Has the industry changed that much? Uh, it's I think it's a lot different being 
working for somebody and then working for yourself. It's completely different. You know, as a, as a tradesperson, you don't know what your boss deals with on a daily basis, late night phone calls, angry customers. You have no idea. The only time it really clicked in is when I went on my own. I'm like, oh, that's why my boss worried about that. And, you know, it's like le- apprentices or, 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 or people that work for the company leaving stuff everywhere yep. and parts. And, and like, that's cost me money. Where do you think this money comes from? And, you know, you only realize this when you go on your own. And you're very, you know, you're a lot more aware of your surroundings and what you leave behind when it's your money. Are guys too eager to get on their own? Do they think that they know everything way too soon? It's it's a hit and miss. Like a lot of people have come to me and asked me, like, how did you start? Where did you find customers from? Did you feel ready when you went on your own? I did because I had so many years of prep, you know? Like, like me, not many people are going to go from working 40 hours to working 40 hours after doing a 40-hour job and then eventually go on their own. Most yeah. people are going to jump. And I think that's a scary that's thing what I mean. Jump. Is I think you did it right. Like you, yeah, no, for sure. But you the, had enough confidence to get yeah, it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? For sure, for sure, yeah. But it, the kids of today, they want to be doing it for two years and they're ready to go on their own. I think if, if they can stay at home for as long as they can and jump at that point and have a, like a, like, I'm going to a backup plan. Yeah. I think that would be ideal. It wasn't necessarily ideal when I did it because I had a mortgage and I had things that if they didn't happen, if I didn't get the You'd business I needed, I would be in a situation, yeah. and, you know, not paying a mortgage is probably the worst thing you could probably do. Yeah. Except for not paying your taxes with the CRA. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a bunch of things that could possibly yeah, stick yeah. and all of a sudden you start worrying and then it affects your work as it, well, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's why I was just curious about if the kids are going, they're, they're getting to the finish line too soon. Yeah, like I've always said this, although the school system is maybe a little bit, I don't know, dated, I think that we are too young to make life decisions when we get out of uh, high school. I agree. 17. Yeah. We need grade we 13. Need, uh, you know what it is? I, I, I would say you need more lessons. Yes. More life, life lessons. lessons. Exactly. Why don't they teach taxes in oh, school? Oh, that's a whole other, I know. We're, we're not going to get in right? they're, like, they're getting rid of physical fitness. They're getting rid of taxes, money management. Yeah. They're getting rid of a bunch of stuff. Why are but they not teaching all that there's stuff? There's a reason for that. Of they, course. Just, they just want everybody to work for the system. Worker bees. That's all it is. Exactly. We, we, I think everyone's kind of realizing that they're just trying to train worker yeah. bees, right? Yeah. Which And then and you us as tradespeople, we get into the business. You go on your own. You learn those lessons real fast. Still learning. Still, exactly. Yeah. Like business, uh, one of my talking points that I want to talk about is we were all trades persons or people from the start, and then we went into business people. And it's a hard transition because you don't know how to, what to charge. You know, when I worked for a company for a long time, I never saw the invoices no ever going out. Yeah. I, I, I still don't know what So where did you get the information from, Brian? You just realize, I, I think that... First thing you need to start with is what your overhead is. That's a good starting point. You know, when I was younger, if it was double what my boss was paying, it was good money. You know, if you use your personal car, go. But then you want to be a little more professional, you know. You want to get that tr- company truck or you want to get the office or, like, you want to buy a snake machine or something. You can't just operate like that anymore. Yeah. You know, it's a, a little bit of a wake-up call. Okay, well, I got to step it up a little bit. And, like, the amount of times I've purged clientele base is crazy. You know, uh, Kijiji, well, Facebook Marketplace wasn't around when I first started, but Kijiji customers, I can't say I work for any of them anymore because, you know, the reason why 
It's I, just a race to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody's, so you were conscious about just sitting down and going, I'm not going to deal with these types of clients. Yeah. When they bring these solutions to me, I'm not interested in solving any of it. One thing that has driven me in life is I've always wanted to build a house from the ground up. I wanted that since I left high school. And you realize that how much things cost and you realize you can't get there by charging a certain amount. And you're not necessarily out there to rip people off. In conversations like what we're having, what we've had off Instagram, what I've had with many other people off Instagram, it's it's people necessarily weren't worried about sharing that kind of information. If anything, many people told me I was too cheap and I need to charge more. But I've always come from a place where I like to be fair because I can guarantee that you're probably going to call me back long-term clients than to have one-off clients. I really prefer not to have one-off clients. Like most, That's I not would, how you build a business. I would say 90% of my clientele I've won, done Repeat. work for. Yeah. So back in the day, you want to share what your price per fixture was? compared to what it is today because uh, when i talked off mic you know you don't have to share no no right? no Honestly. it's okay but it's just I, it's such a gambit man i'm like why is this so low why is it so high why are you guys i don't know so extreme i only started doing houses when i went on my own so it's only been like seven years, seven and, I, years. And, and i think that i was 500 a fixture when i first started so i would say at 500 a fixture seven years ago i think you were just above the low closer to medium yeah price point yeah because at that time, I knew guys that were charging six fifty to 7 right. at that time. Yeah. And then I think it was right before the pandemic, you had a lot of guys that were charging 9 yeah. to 1000 But your clientele base is also changing sure. around here. You know, you're in more basic houses. You can get away with the 500 maybe. Nowadays, when you're getting into the custom build, s- s- seven bathroom home, recirc lines, all, all, all that. All that stuff. Uh, wall hung toilets. Like, you're, you're pretty much pushing probably the 1200 mark per fixture sometimes. Which I think is reasonable. Right. I I think that's a right. fair price yeah. when it comes to what you're delivering on on the actual install. And another point that I wanted to go to is when you're working for somebody, if you don't have the repeat clients, you don't know how to price their job because you don't know how they work. You know, you being uh, working for a new GC is a little weird. You don't know how their building's going to be or wall straight. Is, you know, yeah. it, it, who are you working for? And what kind of work do they expect from you? And what work can you give them for a fair dollar? So there's a question for you. So if you're doing a repeat job with a client, let's say you're dealing with um, a GC. Yeah. You gave them a price. Yep. You got the job. Yep. You guys get along. Everything's cool. Yeah. But that GC didn't have the site prep properly and you had to actually extend your scope boundary. Right. To do a little bit more extra work. Yeah. When you come back to do another job for that GC, are you going to add a little bit to the price because expecting that you have to do a little bit more work? I think... Or you it all, I think it all depends on what the situation was and why it was delayed. If you, I would say it takes three jobs to really know how that builder works, you know, yeah, yeah. or any contractor for that, if, for instance. Like if, if you go in for first jobs like that, second job, chances are the third job probably going to be like that. But if it's only first one, then you're going to get... It's hard them. to gauge. Yeah, 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 yeah 100%. And, and at the end of the day... I just want to keep my company flowing. If I can, if I can make a fair living and pay for all my bills for my company and still travel the, the amount that I, I would like, I don't think there's anything wrong with maybe letting some things pass, you know? But if like that customer doesn't respect you as, as something that you've required and you, you need it done prior to him calling you and say, hey, I need you to come now, then that's different. And then you're going to charge for that. You know, I remember a funny moment I had with a, a seasoned plumber 
on site. And um, I was impressed with his skill set. But I mean, you're talk- when I was saying a seasoned plumber, I would say he's probably in the business probably 35, 40 years, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. he's gone through the gamut of all kinds of different, the evolution of plumbing, right? Yeah. But he's also learned his craft, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember him doing some work and I was in awe how quick and efficient he was, right? And I already knew what his numbers were regarding per fixture. And, you know, he gave me his numbers, I submitted it and the client signed off and everything's all cool. And then he would do the work and I never told the clients how quickly the work happened because they would start to have a conversation with me, right? And then I remember him saying to me, looking at me and he just had a smirk on his face and he's like, it's just like taking candy from a baby. And I'm like, it's yes and no, it's not because you have this skill set. You've learned to be this efficient. Yeah. You've been doing it for decades. You know what works, what doesn't exactly. work. You, yeah. you can look at a, a brand new home and you know exa- exactly how to vent this, how to research, how to move, how to do everything. You know how to connect everything. You know how to crimp, design, mm-hmm. pin, like all kinds of stuff. You mm-hmm. know all that stuff. So yes, it, it's like taking money from a baby. and But also you've you've learned that you've earned it. Yeah. yeah right. Sure. So that's why I was saying I can justify what, and at the time, uh, funny enough, I think at the time he was six fifty a fixture mm-hmm. and I thought it was fine because there was, it wasn't just one shower head. It wasn't just a valve. There was always more stuff. Even Body in the, jets. It was all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was insane yeah. stuff. We were doing all kinds of interesting things because I was fascinated by it. Let's push this. Let's try this. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was easy to him. Right. And he's also a problem solver. Like w- with plumbers or most trades, most of the mechanical top three trades you see a really good tradesperson when there's a problem. Yes. Because their wheels start spinning really fast. Whether you're electrical, HVAC, or plumbing, you see them figure out solutions so quickly. Of course. And you're like efficiently and quickly. And you, that's where the respect comes in, I think, right? So I justify that price. If it wasn't for the problem solving, I'd probably retire and move on yeah, to something else. Yeah, because you'd be scratching I, your oh head yeah, and you'd I, be like, I can't I deal that. with this. But I mean, you guys step to the challenge. Yeah. Right. And then you solve it and you're like, I listen, I've done stuff because I, I just want to tick around and then I'll I, I and I've cracked the fitting. You know what I mean? Because I'm just reefing it too much. And mm-hmm. he's like, Why'd you do that, man? I was like, Well, I just want to play a little bit. And I'm like, How are you gonna get that out? He goes, leave it alone, I'll take care of it. Let me leave it alone, right? Mm-hmm. And then he comes in and he and he does it. And I'm like, How the hell did you do that, man? And he goes, Well, I'm not telling you, right? And then he, he wouldn't show me, he was kinda of blocking it, idea. But eventually he showed me and I was like, I would never have thought to do it that way, man. That's why yeah, he's got well, the decades of experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's tools that you invest in over time, like a, like a internal pipe reamer, that a socket saver, if you will. Yeah, those are cha- life changing. If you don't have to chip the concrete and you're into a 90 that's going from horizontal to vertical in the concrete, and you could uh, put a new piece of pipe in there, that's a win all day. It is. You know, not having to take out the. Are they hammer. spoiled today? All the trades. I mean, we could just attack the plumbers, but you guys have so many cool toys. Yeah. So many cool toys. I remember when I started my apprenticeship, this is like going back to first year. I uh, was getting yelled at by my journey person for not cutting threaded rod with a hacksaw quick enough. And I I can't remember the last time. I think my hacksaw is probably in a bin in the shop. Like I, I have a bandsaw. I don't yeah. even have to think of it. It's done. I, I think in that respect, like pro press, uh, crimping and that, like not being having to solder everything. Like I was on the tail end of the solder houses kind of thing. Yeah. Like the customs that we did, uh, there was some that we did full sweat. I can't imagine doing that now. Nobody's doing it. Huh? No, you can't price a job like that. No. Unless someone's asking you to price a job like that. And they realize that you have to have comparables that are copper only. Would it be cheaper to... Pro press it? 
Using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common, especially among the young folks, because it improves efficiency, prevents mistakes, and overall makes our lives as contractors easier. This is why we partnered with Connect Team, a platform built to manage, train, and communicate with your team. Connect Team's desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more. Employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out, share safety reports, and get updates all in one place, ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. I've always struggled with that time versus... Uh, it material costs. Yeah, 100%. Because the material costs are up. I, I think that I'm quick at soldering. But if I was doing like something over two inch, I would press it because the chances of something leaking are that much more. On a two, uh, yeah, yeah, thicker diameter. So plant, like yeah. if you're doing four inch, three inch, I would press it all day, you know? Cause like if you have a bad three inch sweat, you're, you're, it's a lot to go back. To fix it. Yeah, yeah. It's really difficult. Half inch, three quarter, I'll solder all day. Commercial, it's residential. But oh, isn't, yeah. yeah, but isn't, that's right. Commercials all still copper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. Well, they, they, I, I don't install it. You can do Upinor. Okay. But like, I won't install it you, because it looks slop. You, you don't, you don't not a fan of it? No, no. Why? Because the, the fittings are just nubby. Like it's just. It's, it's just like, there's no good way of attaching them to metal studs. You have to put protectors everywhere. You know, like it's I, true, yeah. I can, I can, I, I rather run rigid piping 90 and clip it there. You know, they make proper stuff for metal studs if you're using copper and stuff, yep. but I'm not a fan of zip tying everything throughout the whole process. Like that's how condos are built. Like they'll do they'll do stacks and copper. Nobody's designed some sort of a uh, a clip or something like a. There's ears. lots of clips out there. It's just like I don't know. I I hate metal studs, so I just try to stay that's clear all of commercial that. Commercial stuff, yeah, or you get yeah. into residential basement stuff. That's where you start getting into that kind of world. But then I'd have an issue with running plastic piping through a metal studs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to protect it all the way. Yeah, yeah. everywhere, just yeah. in case. You're cutting three quarter piping to go around half inch piping to uh, where it goes, and you're zip tying it to make sure it doesn't. Move. I don't know. It's just too much work. Do both cold and hot? I know hot expands and contracts. So then, if it's tight against something really tight, and you start using it, it's going to expand and contract. So it can yeah. start wearing out if it's tight against something. Yeah, I'm over sure. Time, well, over time, over yeah, time. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, but now you got a whole generation getting into the trade, and they don't even unless they get into the commercial side. Are they still being taught soldering? Copper? They must be. It's yeah. got to be part of the actual... Yeah, yeah of I, course. I, I would say it's been a while since I've been in trade school. I can't really comment. I've tried putting a few people through trade school and it just hasn't worked out. For what reason? Because uh, they've been my apprentice for over a year. <laughs> really? And it's just like, yeah, I just got had to let mine go about uh, maybe like a month ago. Yeah, some stuff happened, cost the company uh, about 15K, and uh, I just uh, had to go. That was enough. Wow, yeah. he just wasn't focused. Uh, I don't want you. He's the same. He's the same age as me. Okay, so, and he has a lot going on. And I just think that uh, not everybody, not everybody's like me and you, who can run a company that wants the daily stresses. Some people just want to do uh, the same thing every day, you know. And unfortunately, you have some people that go through the door that they first presented themselves as somebody that wanted to learn that, but then they realized they weren't really cut out for that because they'd rather just do the same thing every day because they don't want to think about it. They're not necessarily the problem solvers, which you were trying to talk uh, talk about earlier. So what do you go? You go with one apprentice 
like for a period of time or you got more than one guy guys going on or no, no. I, I tried to license guys me and my uh, me and another guy and then an apprentice and i don't know it's just maybe i'm not a very good teacher man nobody's taught me how to teach <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's that. I think. Do you I, think? I think my expectations are higher than a lot of that's, people's. Yeah, that's and what I was I'm willing to. I'm willing to put aside the money point for a better outcome. You know, if there's a problem that arises on site, I very rarely go to the client and go, "I'm going to have to charge you more for that." Based on the situation, I'll probably just deal with it. You'll but it. I'll make yeah. it right. Yeah, and I'll feel good knowing that I can sleep, knowing that I didn't do it wrong. I'm not going to cut corners. When, like as a business owner, if you cut corners and it comes back on you in a plumbing world, it could be a flood. It could be a lot of things. And that could be my whole lifestyle. It's not going. on them. It's on you. Yeah, It's on exactly. your business. It's on your brand. That's the funny thing about inspections. An inspector comes through. Maybe they know. Maybe they don't know how to inspect the house that, you, that you're asking them to, to uh, look at and uh, prove. But at the end of the day, if something happens, it's all on me. It it's is. all on them. 100%. Yeah. So then do they, do the new guys don't, absorb that accountability, realize what they're doing. They're a representative of you. I think it all comes down to how bad you want it. Like anything, if you want it, I think you'll absorb and invest in yourself. A lot of guys don't want to go home and read the code book and ask questions on site and that. Like I, or I, even refresh their memory and watch a video yeah. or kind of study or even read specs of a product, a fixture. Yeah. Because there's 100%. A, a lot of these new fixtures, they're, they're, it's not just easy, easy, easy. Like it's not thread this. We're not doing moment posi attempts No, here. no. no so we're, we're doing uh, eight port, Kohler, whatever, you know, it depends on situation. And on, you on need situation. to read the instructions yeah. on this. And you need to understand, it's going back to your guy that knew, you need to know what you can get away with and what you can't. Yeah. What's going to bite you at finishing? In that wall, having a one inch of tolerance on that valve, is that enough for what's going in? You have to ask the questions. Yeah. You can't assume. Yeah. Custom homes, they put a slab on that wall, on that shower wall, you're done. That's a different world because you get a lot of designers that are not doing that homework, but they're specking it out mm -hmm. because they're specking it out based on finishes. Mm -hmm. So they see a pretty image of a marketing image of something, a brand new fixture, looks gorgeous. This is the style, rose gold, square, oval, whatever right. it is, right? But they really don't have the understanding or the education of what the guts are behind it. That's where you guys come in. 100%. Most, most houses that I receive blueprints for, I ask a question. And I think it's a little bit different probably for other people. But I go, can I help you spec fixtures for your house? Because... It's a great question. It's, it's, it's a win for me, win for you. If I can get discounted, even... The way I look at this is that if I could spec all the fixtures for your house, and then let's say it's 12, uh, 10, 12 plus, it's like even if I don't charge anything and that goes on my credit card, completely just 12000 between me and you, maybe I get $200 in flight money on my credit card, you know? And that, and, but I don't have the headaches. Or you get 12,000 miles. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I don't have the headache throughout the whole plumbing no, it's a, process. It's a, that's uh, an extremely valuable yeah. point. And yeah. I'd rather install things that I know are going to go in that have a company that I can call and ask questions for your support. I know there's a lot of companies or a lot of fixtures on like Amazon that people will buy on those like, uh-uh. Amazon, nope. Wayfair, oh, all kinds of crap. Terrible. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's a shitty environment because I recently learned a few years back that our suppliers are supplying them before they're supplying you. Mm -hmm. And they're actually giving them better pricing than they're giving you. Yep. And then when you go in there and you want to order something, you're being told the lead time is X amount, but yet you can get it on Wayfair or Amazon tomorrow. 
And that's a big problem for like five dollars more than what you'd be getting it at trade pricing. Yeah, that's not right, man. At, at, no. at all kinds of levels. No. But I know from speaking to an owner of a business of a supply business, him telling me our volume is with them. It's not with you guys. Oh yeah, we're one offs. <sighs> yeah, because it, they're it, ordering thousands of these. You guys are going in there ordering maybe four or five of these. Yeah, so they can't. They can't give you the customer service that you deserve, which is not right. I'm not agreeing with it. Yeah. But it's a numbers game at that point because I guess the markups on all these are not. Everything's a numbers game everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and, I, and I get it. I get it. But like most of the time when, I, generalizing here, but I would say most of the time when there's a designer involved, I probably have headaches. It's and it's just, like, the, the thing is, the GC expects me to fix. You figure it out. Fix the problems that exist because I didn't supply it. Mixing and matching is another issue that I have. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you want to mix and match, especially in a shower. Yeah. If you want to mix and match. This diverter, this mixing valve, this shower head. You know, if you can play, play along. But, like, a lot of times Understand. it doesn't work out. Yeah, we're going to be hanging out the playground for a little while here. Yeah. Because you're, yeah. I want to, you got to MacGyver this thing now. Yeah. Because these brands don't work together. Yeah. There's a reason why there's certain brands and they design things and they kind of get them all in line because it all fits together. And I remember finding those eureka moments where it's like you start using the same brand, you're putting stuff together yeah. and you're like, oh, this, this, oh, they already figured this out. They already designed yeah. this. They know that this is where it's supposed to go. Yeah. So Not, then it's easier for you. Nothing's worse than having, uh, going to finishing. And, you know, over time you realize how to check for this, but like the customer only has the rough and valve on site at the time. They don't have finishing. You look <laughs> online how it is. You look at the spec sheets to cover your butt and you get the finishing and on the shower head and on the drop L, you have an MIP instead of an FIP. I can't, I can't put a nipple on that every time. What's it's, the first thing you do? You go around the wall and see what? No, I literally <laughs> go, we're not using this. I'm going to go buy this, and this is how much does it cost. I just stopped it. Problem solved. You know, square, circle, color, okay, match, boom. You know, I most of the time it's Ryobel. Ryobel wins most of the time. Really, yeah? yeah. Because they're designed a certain way that... It just makes sense. Having one valve that does on, off, or your function, and then your hot and cold all in the same hole. Why do I have to have six different holes in the wall when I can have one? And it's one cartridge. I agree. If one th problem happens, replace the cartridge. I know everything's fixed. Take the trim off and put it. Oh, man. And then they have stops built in. The mounting is great. The trim's great. Snug. Oh, man. It's Hans Groys are a pain in the ass sometimes. Every, a lot of brands are paying a lot of, so they have their I'm own. not going to start no, the list no, of I'm things just, I don't I like. Just, because one job I did recently, and all of a sudden I was like, going, this is impossible. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. Why is this all set up this Although way? Although Kohler's right? a great product, there are so many pieces that are so unneeded. I could just have one no, cartridge. I agree. I, agree. Yeah. I know. But that's how they've designed it and put yeah. it all together. And it could be a manufacturing thing. Yeah. Like, we don't know the whole story about each of no, the brands. So exactly. they, they might be manufacturing it this way. Yeah. So that's why it's designed. But now you guys have to figure it out. Yeah. But that's why I go back to the designer saw a beautiful picture of this trim kit. Mm -hmm. A finished bathroom with his head, hand, whatever, tub spout. Yeah. But the guts are insane. Yeah. And they are getting insane. Toilets are getting insane. Yeah. Everybody's like I when when they started introducing with Total like twenty thousand dollar toilets and then Kohler comes up with their new me and it was like ten thousand spaceship toilet yeah the one that IBS the the square looking yeah. one that has like yeah. a built in uh, foot dryer and a Bluetooth speaker and stuff like what why it's insane man yeah. and I and, and sure it's nice for sure I I would love one being a plumber but it's like I would come on I'll tell you a funny when they first launched that new me toilet yeah. And I saw it because I was invited to go take a look at it. They were launching it, right? And then all of a sudden, my, my first question was price. 
Mm-hmm. Second question was about how to install it, mm-hmm. right? Which and surprisingly, install is not that bad. It's not crazy. It's gotten better after the first yeah. two generations yeah. of it. But um, so the price was insane. I just said, like when of it course. first first launched, it was like ten thousand dollars or something yeah. like that. And I remember saying, um, women are not going to like that toilet. And they looked at me weird, right? So everyone's got to understand if you look it up yourself, it's Kohler Numi toilet. It's a square toilet. It is. It's yeah. a square seat. Yeah. It's a square base. There's no tank. It's all square. It's too harsh. So I said, women are not going to like that toilet. And they said, well, why are you saying that? I go, because it's square. And no woman wants to sit on a square seat. Yeah. That's it's just aggressive. It's exactly. It's yeah. a very, ma- I, I go, I like it. It's I like it too. It's a very masculine yeah. looking toilet. Yeah. And then Bachelor sh- pad. sure enough, exactly. <laughs> sure enough. I think it was a year later after they first, they were selling a bunch of them. They couldn't stock them enough. Mm. Then they came back at me and they started doing some market research and they go, oh yeah, by the way, women are not fans of this toilet. They like the design of it, but they're not a fan of sitting on it. Yeah. I go, well, what's the point of a toilet? You don't stand and look at it. You sit on it, right? For the most part. I feel like a lot of people <laughs> that have those toilets, maybe they're not even going in the ma- uh, into the primary bedroom. Maybe they're going in the pad room as a conversational piece. It's, not, it's art at that point. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now they're getting up to 20 grand now, right? Yeah, it's Which is insane. But I mean, like, there's like power gfi there's computer panels in yeah. it yeah you're right there's music bluetooth connected there's a hot air blowing there's a heated <laughs> seat there's the bidet feature like it's just absolutely insane still to this day i have not used the bidet ever ever it's ever <laughs> and uh you gotta go to asia my, my fiance says we're putting one in our uh, primary ensuite and i'm like sure that's the day that i'll use it because i i, I if I had one at one point and used and I and I loved it and yeah. I don't go without, that's gonna suck. Once you try it, you'll be like, yeah, we're always gonna have a bidet toilet. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of. And now even I think yeah, Kohler's offering seats. You can buy a seat and then add it to a standard toilet um, that has a bidet feature mm-hmm, on it. So you, it mm-hmm. kind of gets you like hooked on right. getting the bidet feature, yeah. right? So yeah. no, it's a nice feature. It's just expensive. I feel like I'm not really uh, sold on that uh, new V toilet. I'm more so, so sold on the the wall hung. You like the wall hunks? I I have one in my house. I have two more ready to go. Flexibility? Something about having clearance underneath the toilet and having... For uh, cleaning? For cleaning? I love it. All day long. I hate cleaning the base of a toilet and having to work around it. And if it's a wall hunt, you can just go right underneath it. One thing that's cool is that I can sell it really easy to clients that want to build in a small space because now the tank's in the wall. You're saving maybe seven, eight inches off that uh, footprint. Now you don't need a five-foot bathroom. Now you could shrink it to a four-foot bathroom because you could shrink the shower. Uh, so oh, it's, it's, true. It's, a, it's a win. It's true. And uh, I could charge a little bit more. I, you know, I, I think uh, wall hungs are definitely where it's at. I love it. It's the new guys that maybe crank the bolt a little bit too tight on a tile wall. Yes. That there's the risk well, of. I think that there is education that comes behind the wall hung toilet. One thing that I posted recently on my gram is you can't just be the plumber that installs the carrier and walks away. You need to inform the GC that if they don't plan on doing tile or a hard service and they do drywall, the toilet will always compress in that drywall and you'll have a rocky toilet. Cement board all around, mudded in. Cement board is not compressing like drywall. That's a very important thing with those. And and the thing is, I'm not going to notice it fail at that point if there's drywall but i'm gonna get a call back in a year going my toilet's wobbly why is it wobbly and hey i i told you so but you didn't listen so you know carlito called me up and he was like listen i got a problem with the wall hung and i'm like what's the issue he goes it's leaking i go well there's only one place it could leak yeah 
right? So I go, who installed it? And he goes, it was a GC that installed it. I go, well, why is he installing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, okay, so he kept on describing it. And he goes, every time you flush, it leaks. And I'm like going, okay, well, is there movement on the seat, right? Or anything like that on the bowl? And he goes, a little bit. I go, my guess is he cut that adjust- adjustable pipe. The tube. The tube. Yeah, yeah. A tube. little too short. Of course. And sure enough, when they opened it up, it was too short. Mm-hmm. And that means when he was flushing it, it was seeping out. I can install wall hungs just as quickly I can do a floor mount building it out of the box. Really? I can because like most toilets are the same. As yes. long as, you know, if, if you've gone with a reputable care uh, or uh, and not gone like Amazon wall hung, you know, most of those I can install pretty easy. You, you know, put a sheet underneath, you bounce it on the wall, you cut your tubes, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty simple. A lot of forms and stuff, I go, oh, that toilet was terrible. And what, but it just comes down to, like, investing time in yourself to understand. But you did the research to figure yeah, that out. Yeah, and yeah. then also you installed it, so you figure it out. Yeah. And that's where this generation is not necessarily doing all that extra homework. If you tell them today to do what you did when you got started, basically you had two jobs going on at the same time. You're getting eight hours out of each week. Yeah. There's not that many guys that are in this industry that no, no, no. want to get into the industry that are going to look at it. Sure, I'll do 80 hours a week. But the worst thing you could do in life, if you apply this to all aspects of life, is assuming. You know, relationships, work, anything. Assuming is going to get you into trouble. It's true. Don't assume. It's true. It's very, very true. Mm-hmm. So you're ready to leave the business? Or you're ready for if that opportunity comes at you? Uh, I, my full-time job is doing plumbing. Uh, through the pandemic, I sold my first house, renovated, made some... Good bank. People were overpaying. Of course. And uh, we were fortunate enough to, me and my fiance, to buy 98 acres, a farm, uh, which will hopefully turn into a tiny house kind of rental property. Um, we have two electronic music festivals happening on uh, on event this year. Nice. We through uh, uh, the first one last uh, last year. So basically my focus is building up my, my property and hopefully get into a little bit of farming, uh, tiny homes. You. Yeah. So. Is the city allowing you to do all that, or you got to go through a bunch of so approvals? I'm I'm th- going through all the steps now of getting it approved legally. Uh, I think alcohol, not selling alcohol, and doing a dry event is probably the biggest uh, biggest thing that will help. Uh, there's a lot of logistics in that sense, a lot of uh, liability that you just want to remove. But um, yeah, I've always had a love and passion for management, so. That kind of allows me but to... But just people pleasing again. So it's like yeah, you're, you're yeah. bringing people in. Yeah. So you're dealing with the city. How the city, like, it's a smaller town, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, we're still working away at it. Like, it's not 100% just yet. Just a procedure. That's yeah, all it exactly. Is, you know, it's like if you show them respect, they'll probably give you some, like anything. Life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, we're mainly focusing on a tiny home thing down, which is a little bit easier How thing to chew How small are we talking about we're going to go? Well, my first one in Bancroft that I made, I don't know if you... Remember, I bought. Uh, I remember seeing some of it. Yeah, yeah. seven years ago, I, I bought a property up there, ten acres. We built a, uh, a ten, a ten by fifteen tiny home, two smaller s- than a double car garage. Yeah, yeah. So we have a living room, uh, a table that folds out. We have a couch that folds out to a queen bed. We got the kitchen, built-in fridge, second floor with a, a loft. A loft. Uh, yeah. It's it's hard building small. I like it. I like the challenge. You like, gotta think. Oh yeah, twenty-four inch fridge. You know, a, a two burner stove. Everything's smaller, and finding smaller is a lot harder than going bigger. 
Utilities so, are smaller. Yeah, we're solar off there. So anything that I build, I try to do solar. This because like running uh, power lines everywhere is expensive. Solar hot water tank as well. Uh, it's it's gas. So yes, okay. basically, the the one up there, um, you open up the pressurized system, which has a well, a uh, little well pump. Uh, as soon as it notices the pressure, the the water heater gets turned on because it's a flow switch, fires it up. You have hot water. So, it's, uh, so what's your carbon? Like, did you guys ca calculate your carbon footprint or nothing no, like that? No. You it's not even in. done yet, man. Oh, really? Yeah. No, like we went up there for the first time in two years last weekend just to, uh, just to, uh, I don't know, use it for once instead of letting it sit there. It's more of a holding property now because we have, that's in Bancroft. We have the actual acreage in Peterborough. So it's like we don't have a need to go up there as much. Got it. So, but we're not in a good time to sell, so I'm not... Not still hang on to it for a little bit. Exactly. It's a holding problem. And then just grow and then build more on top of that or? Yeah. Like if we can get to like 10 tiny homes on, on the main property, I'd be good with that. Some yurt, some, uh, you know, even this campsite that somebody can rent out for $50 a night. It's like uh, an hour and 10 minutes away from the city. Why not? It's funny that you're bringing that up because it's like all the um, Scandinavian countries. They just do that as a norm. Yeah. These little tiny kind of cottage chalet things yeah. that are just off a lake or on the lake or what have you. Yeah. And they're small and they're built a certain way. So they're not really consuming that much energy. No. And they're comfortable and they're nice. We don't need them big, huge, no, massive no, no, houses no, that no, we're living we in, don't. man. None of us. Like that's this that. show. We like to live comfortably. I can live at my cabin, which is 150 square feet. I could live there all year if we didn't have the freezing. You know, the, the climate is what forces me to leave. Of course. You know, because we don't, we have an outdoor washroom, outdoor shower, uh, you know, outdoor sink. So it's, it's just the winter. Yeah, it's just the winter. I could live up there all the time. We have, we have better Wi-Fi up there than I do at my main house. So are you still <laughs> smiling when you walk into the job sites and you're walking into 10,000 square foot homes? Or are you still like just <sighs> kind of frowning going? At that point, I don't even look into you it. You don't even look no, into it. No, it's just like, hey, this, this is, is what job. you want. This is what you want. Yeah, this is, I'll exactly. build it. I'll do it properly. Don't I'll, get me wrong. Big, yeah. is, big is nice. It gives you a lot of places for experimental but I think people are just too big. Like, there's so many houses I work in that I, I somebody will call me going, we haven't visited the last uh, eight bathrooms recently. Can you just <laughs> go around and check all the bathrooms? Make sure they're all good. If they need any parts, just fix them up. Like, how many people live here? Just me and my husband. Why do you need so many bathrooms, you know? It's like... We haven't visited the last eight <laughs> bathrooms in a while. Just make sure they're working fine. It's like, it's ridiculous. And then you hear that they're moving to a bigger house and they're upgrading. I'm like, are you for real? Like, like, I think that we're living outside of our means Way crazy. Excess. I'm, uh, yeah, we have a big property, but I'm sharing it with people. I'm sharing it with people who don't get that choice to do that in life. You know, my whole thing is giving uh, anybody that comes to property, I go, hey, if you want to come camp here, just message me. You can go camp. I probably won't even know you're here. You know, this this good on you and uh, good you on me. You want the quietness. Yeah. You want the nature. You want just yeah. because we're looking for places yeah. like that. Everybody's so stressed out that if you can, like, just give a little stress-free weekend for somebody, at, and I don't even charge them, man. Just, just go camp. So you haven't, from the ground up, you haven't built a house yet? No. So we're... Are you talking literally just take a piece of land, or are you going to knock down something? So I'm, I kind of had to settle, and I'm at a point where we bought this property. It was a ranch-style, four-bedroom home. Uh, we, are, we submitted for permits. We're just waiting to hear them back. And we're going to take it down to the ground floor floor, all new outside walls, put a second floor on it, master bedroom on the second. How big is the footprint? Uh, 20, 2,700. 
Okay. That's so we're, good, we're going an extra thousand on top. On top. Yeah. And then uh, we're going modern farmhouse and uh, basically just moving everything where it was to a new location. So that, that I would call that pretty much like the foundation. How much does it really account for? We've already renovated the basement when we moved in. We actually live in a basement, rent our main floor out. Okay. So like we renovated the whole basement. So I call that, you know, doing that part of the job and Unless I pour foundation uh, walls, which I'm not going to. I don't need to. It's a lot cheaper not to. No. So just go with what it is. I'm just going to go with it. As long as it's not cracked or crumbling or, yeah. or, or like water's penetrating, yeah. then We're you're We're on fine. top of a hill, so there's no water anywhere. So yeah, so you'll yeah, be fine. Great. Everything runs off. So I, I call that like a, a win without the price. So where are you getting the knowledge to do that? Is it just back on site, just figure it out? So I, I wired three homes so far. Uh, for, well, my first one, my tiny house and uh, my basement, uh, which I'd done new wiring and my yeah. other tiny home. I've wired those just by looking at what electricians are doing on site and uh, like going to my own research. You know, wiring, if you understand plumbing, wiring is pretty, pretty easy. Similar. Yeah. Don't yeah. do hot in the cold. You know, <laughs> don't put your neutral under, under hot. And it's uh, pretty good. But like I, I'll let the electrician do the panel. But I'll run, I, you know. You'll run things. I'll run things, th this many th uh, pot lights on that run, you know, I, I, as long as you have the common knowledge. And, and uh, if you care, I think if you care, you could do anything. Yeah. You know, uh, I enjoy the learning process. Time is never on my side, though. And, like, when I get home, sometimes I'm just not in the mood You're to work mean. another four hours but everything else as well too so you'll tackle like what framing I, I realize that i really hate mudding i don't mind doing drywall so i'll bring in a drywall hang the drywall if i have to and then i'll call a mudder taper hopefully he doesn't yell at me for my bad cuts um and then i will call somebody for the tiling but outside of that like i'll the trim I, the hardwood yeah i'll eventually get to it i'll learn you yeah. know i don't have trim on my basement right now but we'll figure it out someday uh, framing, I'm going to, like, because we're taking the main floor off and we live in a basement, that's going to have to be boom, boom. You so pick a sweet week. Yeah, sweet week. And then uh, I'm going to hire all the framing out, get a roof over the house. They'll I think that's a smart it. move. Yeah, they'll get it done in yeah. a few days. So uh, I, I'm in a process. As soon as I get plans back, I was hoping to do it this year, but with renewing, with the high mortgage rates, it just wasn't in the cards, Wait man. till the winter, ride it, and see what's going to happen yeah, next year. Exactly. It makes more sense, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. And then what would you do with the, I guess you'd take a break from the plumbing? Uh, yeah, I think what I, I talked to a few carpenters that are going to frame it up and I said, hey, I'll be your laborer for those two, three weeks. I'll take time off because at the end of the day, if they don't have to bring in more of their crew, it helps me Save and you. it helps me, uh, helps me in two ways. I learn and I'm helping keep the budget uh, yeah. good. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I've, it's always something I want to do. And, and another thing is, if you expect a certain product and you're not there to watch that product unfold, there probably is going to be some hiccups that you don't want to deal with or that you're unhappy with. So if I could build the whole thing along the way and be there, then I get to make a call throughout the process. Oh, I don't really like that. Can we change it? You know, I find it fascinating that whenever a tradesperson takes on the task of building their own property, they make the exact same mistakes that we've been trying to educate homeowners yeah. not to make. Yeah. Like, I, I know when to call for help. Yeah. And I know, like, there are certain things that I, I can't walk down a hallway and see my bunny job. I know that. I learned that from a few houses ago. But it's like... <laughs> feather, feather, feather. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want a stage five. <laughs> Just keep feathering. Yeah. Oh, look, it's, now it's level five. Now Ten boxes of mud on that one wall. <laughs> now you're sanding and half of it is on the floor. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right, because I've seen the pros come in and they're like... Ugh. 
you're not like yeah yeah you're actually good you're worth every penny that you're coming uh, in here but for. then i'm like i'm on some jobs and like today for instance perfect example i was working on uh, two bathrooms in the condo the drain height is above the concrete floor height i don't know if you've worked in in condos and then you're doing liner because there's not really yeah, a, a better way doing schluter in a condo no, no, is really no, no, hard no, no. so basically i told the tiler he needs to dry pack to the bottom of my drain slope it so i could put the liner and then you could dry pack your slope for your tile and he's like, no, 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 just put your liner across. And I'm like, that creates a pool for your water. And I'm like, I'm trying to build better. And then I go in, and the, the, the guy who did the dry pack, the Tyler, only does it around the drain. So it's like, literally, the, like, it's worse. And I'm like, at a certain point, if the GC doesn't care, the Tyler doesn't care, and a homeowner doesn't know any better than to hire somebody else, then I really just, I've already tried educating. I just got to continue my job. You know, this is a lost cause. You cost. can't do anything at that but point. But the jobs that I get to be on, somebody has, uh, like, a, a time to uh, hang out, have a coffee, talk about a best-case scenario out of their house, I love that. I wish that was every job. You prefer the residential or the high-rise? Using digital platforms in our industry is becoming more common, especially among the young folks, because it improves efficiency, prevents mistakes, and overall makes our lives as contractors easier. This is why we partnered with Connect Team, a platform built to manage, train, and communicate with your team. Connect Team's desktop version gives managers a live overview of the business to track work hours, create schedules, make sure the business meets compliance, and so much more. Employees just download the app to their mobile to clock in and out, share safety reports, and get updates all in one place, ensuring they've got what they need to perform at their best. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. I, Different rules. It's harder to get into the high-rise commercial, like high-rise residential, like condos. Yeah. I, I don't mind them. Like, they're pretty easy. I like how I can go to a condo and, like, there's only so many things you could change because you can't knock down walls. You're limited, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. it's like, I, I like that. Coding's a little easier. Uh, but I like the challenge of homes, and I didn't do homes until I went on my own. So I basically got into little homes, worked my way up, and, like, I think the biggest home I've done is probably like 6,000 square feet or something, which, you know, huge. It, it, it's huge. But yeah. like the thing is to get your pipe fall from point A to point B and not, you know, I don't want bulkheads. I don't want drop ceiling and that to, to do that through all the, the LVLs and metal beams that are in there. It's it's quite the, the mental game. You know, and I really enjoyed that. See, that's kind of goes back to the education as well, too, because you as plumbers, and this also applies to electricians and HVAC, mm -hmm. you guys have to have a, an understanding of... Electricians have it easy. They can go up and down wherever they want. No, they're totally, totally. <laughs> but they also are the first ones to come up to you and go, listen, can I drill through that triple LVL there? That's true. You know what I mean? And and the thing is, you as a tradesperson, you should be doing your own homework, find out what LVL that is, what brand it is, what you can drill, what's the maximum you can drill, where you can drill it. I've only drilled one uh, LVL and it was for uh, an architect that was building his own house and uh, it was uh, five ply LVL and I there was no other way to go through so I, I had a sheet made up and I got him to sign going hey everybody's on board with this five ply five ply how it, far or were you, were you I don't the, know what the span was because the floor was already down because it was so this was 11 and 7 8 LVL or is I, it, I think so okay so a oh we got an uh, we got a, like an engineer to sign off on it and I I didn't feel every ply I went through I'm like I don't feel good about this because I <laughs> I know from like you you just don't drill LVLs I you know you know even I Joyce I remember when I got the okay to run an eight inch hole it was like te technically it was an eight and a quarter inch as long as hole. they're set back from the ends. when we measured everything 
it put yeah. us right in the middle. Yeah. And I was allowed to make an eight and a quarter inch hole through all these eye joists to avoid a bulkhead in the garage to run the eight inch duct line through this. Can you and even get a hole saw that big? No, we had to jigsaw every single one. Oh. So you had to make a template first, put it on, so then you can yeah. drill it around it to avoid the, the top and bottom yeah. plates. Yeah. But we were allowed to do that, and I was like... It didn't, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. No, no. It felt you weird. You looked at it, you were like, mm, That's a someone's going to call me out for yeah. it. <laughs> but they signed off on it, and they and the inspector didn't even notice it or care or whatever, it's right? It's crazy if you take the houses that we first started working on, and then you take the houses now, and scissor, what scissor trusses and all that. We're, we're going back to the question: Do people have it easier? I would say yes, yeah, all day. But we also are more educated because you go into old homes and Joyce cut it all the time in the century homes. And when you open them up, you're like, "How does this still stand?" Exactly. And you see that big crack, yeah, because everyone's notched out the bottom. So or I the think top. we've gotten smaller, but also the technology to engineer something has moved along with that. So, I mean, I was even when iJoyce were first introduced and I look at them, I'm going, how the hell is this stronger than dimensional lumber? But they say it's stronger than dimensional lumber, right? Yeah. But now you're getting into joists, you get into metal joists, you get into webbing, you get all kinds of stuff. But that's just more and more cost yeah. to give you freedom for you guys to run everything yeah. through, yeah. which is convenient because other than that, you just walk in going bulkhead, 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 <laughs> and that's it. Just accept it. And it's not yeah. even that. It's just I've only done one job where we ran uh, cast iron. Mm -hmm. And the client specified that because he didn't... Horizontal or only verticals? No, we went... Uh, we had to travel it from all the way to the top, and it only went horizontal for two feet so okay. we can jog it. Okay. But it was all vertical, yeah. and he was just adamant about it. He wanted it, and yeah. it, it did make a huge difference sound-wise. Oh, for sure. Huge difference. I'll Nine definitely day. be doing that but on the, my master. But the bill was like... It was heavy to do it, right? Yeah. It was like very, very, I think it was like four times the cost of ABS, man. I miss doing cast iron. That's my favorite, favorite thing to do in plumbing is like I used to do a lot of parking garage repipes and stuff like that. So we go in, close off like 20 parking spots and replace a bunch of piping. I was doing like six inch cast by myself. I, I was six inch. Cast, I, I was, yeah. I was built a little bit better than I am now, you know, like I miss those days. Now I'm like four inch. But it's like, you know, my body's probably screaming at me because I used to throw that stuff at it. But, you know, like, I miss that. Uh, I, I miss this jamming out and doing cast. Was it, was it the, like, the skill set attached to it? Was it like you figuring out exactly your cuts have to be bang on, perfect, your joints, everything has to be set up properly? Most of the time I was replacing. So I just oh, took, so you already knew. I okay. took the old pipe down, laid them all in our own, cut all the, cut all those the same way. I made sure that it looked good before I took it down. Yeah. You know, new fittings, make sure they're the same. It was, it was pretty straightforward stuff. It wasn't a lot of mind game. I, I like, I've never, I've only done a few jobs where it was new construction and I had to figure out all the cuts by myself. I was mostly like a guy that got thrown into when something was leaking, cracked, and then I had to do a lot of parking garages, like I said, that were already piped in that we had to figure out how to switch the piece that was dripping on someone's car. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things of salt in the cast iron. If you don't pressure wash the parking garages, salt will sit and uh, it'll dry out and uh, and it'll, it'll, away it'll, it'll crack the cast. Really? If it sits in there, yeah, because it's, it's so like... So it's sitting there because it wasn't having the right slope or something? Or well, maybe it's, it's sag? Yeah, no, not necessarily. Like in the wintertime when they pressure wash the parking garages up, all the salt's all over all the parking... Uh, the oh, concrete. and then salt... And then this, it yeah. sits and then sits in the pipe, doesn't move because they haven't cleaned the pipe, they haven't done maintenance, so you have rocks and dirt all in the lines that are just holding salt, and then it's game over for that pipe. Do you prefer service over new? 
I love service. I love Why being, do you love service? I love being... A few reasons. If you're doing res- residential, you don't really get it into commercial, but someone's calling you in a panic, and you get to come save their day. You save gotta, the world. You, you got to be a little Superman. You know, I, I know I'm not saving the world, but I'm saving your world. Yes, exactly. And, and it's a good feeling at the end of the day. And a lot of times, they're willing to pay for that if you come in an emergency. If you're waking up at 10 o'clock and going to someone's house that's flooding, and you arrive there, they, they like you. I, I know a plumber who retired, and he owns a, one of the few, I think it's one of two or three GT40s mm. in Canada. And he built that off of service plumbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, one of the few cars that appreciates in value instead yeah. of depreciates, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's a plumber. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, like, there's a lot of guys say great things about service. Yeah. I, I, I love the... I have still this day. I have no problem. Someone calling me late at night if my if I hear my phone and me jumping out of bed and going to bed. But you know that's just loving what you do. Yeah. You know, so I feel bad for the people that don't love what they do. You know, it sucks. Like it's not about money because the money doesn't matter if you hate your life. Of course, <laughs> there's other factors attached to that. Yeah, for sure. But then those are the guys who are just punching the clock. Yeah. Right. And there's a big chunk of people in the industry that are just punching the clock. But I mean, I I remember like early on in my career, I had a a junior immigrant on site and he just like enlightened me. He was just saying, I could either be on site here for eight hours and be grumpy or I could be on site for eight hours and ask questions of other tradespeople and learn things on my lunchtime. I could Mm -hmm. just learn, learn, learn. I could be here working, being paid, learning. I can look at it that way or I can look at it just be grumpy all day long. Another way of looking at it is most people want to live on in their own house. And you know what? We all have plumbing in our house. If you can maybe do two years of that job, two years of that job, and learn how to take care of your own stuff, that is huge. You're on a site already. There's other tradespeople. You don't know their trade, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't prevent you from asking them a question or two. Or paying attention, side-eye them, and just like look at what they're doing, and then make a mental note. And then when you get an opportunity to repair, renovate, build Mm -hmm. your own, you do it. I would say HVAC is one of those things I don't care to do. I, I've cut my, been cut by sheet metal quite a bit, and I just don't care. <laughs> it, it, it goes without fail, and I get why the HVAC guys are always wearing those really tight neoprene gloves. Oh, for sure. But they still cut too. It's just yeah. it's a smaller cut. It's not as bad, Yeah. right? And it, But it just goes without fail. Whenever I'm trying to reroute some HVAC, I'm trying to make it cleaner, whatever, I'll always cut myself. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I can never find the perfect tin snips. And they've got their whole arsenal of tin snips yeah. that will cut in any direction that they want that works for them. And I'm yeah. like, how do you guys have all that? Yeah. Well, they have their whole Milwaukee pack out all set up for all the things that they need to do. I would say it's one of the trades I've never really looked and desired to gain knowledge. You know, electricians, tilers, you know, how, how do you miter that cut? Like, and all that stuff. You know, like, uh, I, HVAC, no. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and, and there's this, I had my bathroom done in my basement and... Finding a tiler, you know, there, there's a few that you, you you look up to, but usually they're always busy. And I found this guy in Peterborough. At my bathroom was the last one that he did before he got in full-time in pottery. But, like, tiling is weird. I found that everybody's an artist. They work half days. They they, they enjoy what they're doing. <laughs> uh, and, like, and they're only doing half days. Don't yeah. push them anymore. Yeah, yeah. But you're probably going to get a good product, you know. And uh, my bathroom is... <laughs> Every You're tile happy? has a... Oh, yeah. I yeah. love it. I'm, I, I'm so glad I didn't make that choice to do it myself. I probably would have torn it out by now. But it's probably the nicest bathroom I've ever been in. Do HVAC or do plumbers have more Milwaukee tools? I would say plumbers. 
have more Milwaukee tools than HVAC? HVAC's got all three of the trades underneath their belt. They're dealing with electrical, gas, tin, plumbing is how it sometimes. I also don't know too many HVAC guys. I just, I, like, like, whenever I see HVAC guys. I'm comparing my, my, uh, my arsenal to Oris's. And I, I would say he's uh, goes between brands quite a bit. Does he? Whatever. Yeah, we, I when know. I see the HVAC guys, it's just the, I, I swear it looks like a Milwaukee catalog. They've yeah. got almost everything, I think. Well, okay. <laughs> Proving a point right here. <laughs> like, I, I, I have all pack of my... Of course, uh, even I my, have them. They're thing. the best like, things ever, man. Yeah, it makes like sense. It Companies help me quite a bit, so, you know, I, uh, I stand behind them. There's going to be flaws with every tool company, you know? Like, it's things that they didn't think about, wish they thought about, or didn't care to think about. So, like, I, but at the end of the day, you got to pick something that works for you. And if it's all compatible, that makes everything easier. I saw a funny video recently about um, someone was creative on the job site. I don't know if he did this during the work hours or if he did this off work hours, but he had a, a Makita tool die and then he gave it a funeral at burial. <laughs> he literally was making these tools like animation just move around off of fishing wire and stuff. And then he put it inside a Milwaukee case, closed it. <laughs> and then he had like these strings from uh, chalk lines that were lowering into a pit. Oh, and then man. they were digging it, putting it back in. And then they put flowers on the grave. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going, looking for that. It's going to leave here. I'll, I'll see if I can video. find it. I'll send it to you. But I was just howling my ass off. Like he had, he had other tool brands there as well. They're all by the, the grave. They're all yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this That's is creative, funny. but I'm wondering if he's doing it on someone else his dime on the job site or if he's just doing it on his own yeah. side but that's funny the internet, that's fine. The internet is a weird place you go how did you come up with this you know it like, was perfect it's like those two drills that they put in their ring and they compete of what one dies first you seen that <laughs> i haven't seen they that put one. like a metal rod between the two chucks and then lock the power in and they're just like flipping everywhere really yeah and then like so who's know. winning i don't know i, don't know I, I think it's a toss-up what what did the drill go through before you know they're taking my drill it's probably not gonna last very long because i'm pretty hard on them I saw I saw one with uh, Richard Attenborough, David Att no David Attenborough, yeah. and he was talking about the uh, the pink Makita drill going through the, the the bush looking for a mate, and then all of a sudden there's a Milwaukee there, and he's like, she won't choose a Milwaukee. So it's just like guys, I love that the guys are having so much fun with their tools and they're making a living, and they they like you said, be happy, yeah, just enjoy your job and be on site and yeah. enjoy everything, right? For sure, that's uh, <laughs> it's too funny, man. What else you want to chat about, man? We got still some time here. I got some uh, things I want to talk about. Let's see. Uh, well, I know if you wanted to bring it up, I know that, what is it, like two years, three years ago, you had the piece of a uh, blade going to your... <laughs> yeah, that, that was... Uh, That's so scary, I don't know if, man. I don't know if everybody knows the whole story except for what happened after. So I can... I can you shared, yeah, you shared some of it, but I mean, so lucky, right? I got called by this, uh, this contractor on the gram to go uh, to his rental property. Uh, it's a basement... We tr uh, the kitchen line goes uh, copper line goes underneath the, his uh, his basement bathroom and we like find where the pinhole is so all the water from the sink is just going to the floor and coming out of the hole so we figured out where it is it's underneath the sink so I moved the vanity and I cut I was cutting the linoleum floors you know that one piece roll down flooring that people cheap out on you can buy from Home Depot and glue it on so I was just cutting with an exacto knife or an offal knife. This is where I need to chip the concrete underneath the vanity so we can put the vanity back, covers everything, no problem. Somehow, like, I, I, I've used Ulfa knives a lot. Everybody. You know, like, I, I had it out this much. Some guys are putting out the blade like this, and I'm like, now I see that. Now I'm like, yeah, you know, I almost got the safety glasses on, you know. But uh, I was cutting the linoleum, and the blade cracked. It bounced off the concrete, 
went in my eye and I work a lot by hovering across the ground. So I'll almost be squatting yeah. and I'll work like that. So yeah. I was, my head was pretty close to the ground, bounced up. I'm above a vanity. So I stood up, looked in the mirror and I, I was like, I should have no eyesight right now. I felt that. And I, I could see both eyes. And then as I was looking in the mirror, my, uh, I think it was my right eye. I, I forget now. That's how good my vision is now. Okay. But uh, so basically, my vision. Blade. Yeah, it went in, cut, and then it fell out, and I, I didn't have vision in that eye. So it pierced the yeah. cornea, it pierced your iris, yeah. and then it fell. The piece itself fell out. Yeah, there's no metal in there. So what happened was uh, the contractor called the ambulance. The ambulance came. My vision was coming back a little bit. It was blurry. So I'm like, okay, my eye was just in shock. Not as bad as I first thought. Because I went from having vision to no vision to like getting uh, like kind of like a cloudy vision yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. C called my fiance. We went to the hospital. I told him what happened. They said it's going to be a six-hour six wait or something. And I, I said, I can't do this. Like it's, it, I'm just going to sleep on it. And I, it, it was probably a terrible decision. But I woke up the next day and I had this bad bad thought of like me losing my eye so i said i'm taking a day off i'm going to optometrist i go to optometrist in in an hour after i went there i was in for surgery they said that if i left there any longer my eye was gonna dry out because it was it was basically leaking there's a hole your eye is pressurized it's, it's, it's a, there's a yeah. fluid inside yeah. There. yeah yes so it was uh i never knew the healthcare system could work like that three surgeons four surgeons were working on my eye they stitched my eye closed and uh, I was off for two months. Yeah, sealed and protected, and everything yeah, like, like that, basically right? covered full time. Patch. Um, yeah, it, it it was a life changing experience. And and to be honest, I didn't share it to make people feel sorry for me or to get a rise or or no no you know no. I did it to inform. Going, it's no joke. You know, it's a I, simple thing that you never thought would have happened. When I went into the surgery, they said. There's a chance you may come out of the surgery without vision in that eye. But if you don't go, you won't have vision. So it's kind of like, that's a weird position to be in. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, you you hit it. It was all happened so quick. I couldn't even really Why think did about you it. think to like, it's going to be a six hour wait. I'm going to go. Why did you think I'm going to go and not just wait a <sighs> six hour wait? Because you thought six hours going to turn into nine hours. I because I had this false sense of getting my vision back after it happened. It'll fix itself. I, I, I th like most of the time, I cut myself, yeah. and it's like yeah. you just kind of deal with it, you know. And and I guess I just didn't notice how serious it was. But I'm glad that my conscience played a part, and like I could, I, I can't even tell which is my bad eye or what so one. So it healed really well. It healed really well. I think the doctor said if you don't take the the two months off work and come back, I was in for checkups every week and doing. Uh, I think three drops every like four hours. Throughout. What was the risk that he was saying? He was like, it, it was, it could get infected kind of thing. Could get infected That's with dust and stuff like yeah. that. And so then you, like, you're in construction. Yeah. Okay. Well you mm -hmm. can't work now yeah. and you can't do any work at home now. Yeah. And you got to be careful about it, cleaning. And, and that's the worst case scenario. Of what everybody tells you when you're self-employed is being off work with an injury. You know, I quit mountain biking because, you know, that's too risky. Yeah. You try to eliminate the risk when you're when you're on your own, right? It's true. Because you don't have the benefits and you don't have the, the backup plan to go along with that. Because then what happens from there? Yeah. So luckily, uh, I was in a position where, you know, I planned ahead and I, was in, I wasn't in too bad a shape. People understood. They pushed jobs uh, a little farther back. And it, it, depending on where it was, I paid people to do the jobs I needed to get done. It was a, it was a rough time.
You know, it's uh, but most trades don't think to put on safety goggles. No. when working with a utility knife, it's, it's nobody a, thinks. You that. know, if you're Even using a I, grinder, the same way. Grinder, sure, all yeah, day. You yeah. probably mentally think about it. A Zacto knife, it's in your hand tools. You don't think about it. You know, it's like grabbing a screwdriver. That screwdriver tip could break off and go in your eye right then and there. I had a very similar situation around the time that you, yours happened where I was uh, sistering Joyce in a job in the basement and then there was a bunch of nails that were protruding out from the existing Joyce, yeah. old, old Joyce, yeah, right? Yeah, it yeah. was like a 1950s home or whatever. Yeah. And so we were taking turns going up into the Joyce cavity to grind off the nail heads, yeah, right? Yeah. I had goggles on, I had my headset on and for some weird reason, one little piece of metal just worked its way around the safety goggles and went into my eye. Yeah. And then um, I think I've shared this on the show before, way back when, but um, I, it was irritating. I didn't rub my eye. Like I just knew something was there. I looked in the mirror. I couldn't really see it. And then all of a sudden I left it alone for the day. We finished the work day. I went home and I wake up. And my eye is just irritating. It's begging me to scratch it. And you don't know at that point if it's this, uh, if it's already out and it's this nicked, and you just got to leave it alone, or there's something still in there. Some, and so then I went to the optometrist, which I know him really well, and I walked in there, got me in right away. He put the camera on me, looked at it, he goes, yep, you got a small little piece of metal right on the edge of the iris and the eyeball. And he goes, I can't touch it because of rules regarding optometry and surgeons. Right. The moment it's touching the iris, then it belongs to the surgeon. If it was in the eye, in the white part of the eye, it belongs to the optometrist, right? So he goes, I'm going to book you to a specialist. So then I get rushed to a specialist. I I literally go there. And then she gets and she goes in there. I'm in there. It took longer for me to fill out the paperwork Mm -hmm. to walk in there than it took her to take it out. But she literally had my eye open, put the drops on it, grabbed tweezers, and then pulled it right out. She showed it to me. It was like a tiny, tiny piece of metal, rusted metal. Mm-hmm. And then she just said, no dust, stay off of it, keep it covered, and just be clean, right? And then the drops, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it healed It, it healed pretty fast. But yeah, I mean, I was. He, his concern was it was going to get infected, which let, it would, could pot- potentially lead to you losing your sight. Yeah. But yeah. it was one little thing like that, right? You, you don't realize how grateful you should be for having the life you have until it's taken away from you. You know, it's uh, the whole time from when it wasn't too serious until I got to the optometrist and then like the optometrist walked out of the room, started talking to people, <laughs> you know, it's bad at that point, you know, let me have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Oh, yeah. Uh, so basically serious. <laughs> this is serious. Yeah. yeah. So basically at that point I realized that it was serious and I, and I had a lot of things like, what happens if I can't see? Like if you if you cover your eye and try looking around, your your it's, vision is not the same. It's depth profession. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, it, it, do I have to close my business? Can I even drive anymore? Like, what what are the variables here? There's a lot, you know. There's and, a lot. and 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 I think people underplay safety, and they'll watch videos, they'll underplay what someone else went through to make them feel better about not being that way. And sure, if that's the route you want to take, go ahead. But there's lots of people that I know that I've, I, I've helped out make smarter decisions, and that's what it's all about. Why do you have to go through the same thing that I have to go through? Because I made a bad decision, yeah. you know? And, and this is how we both got to where we are, is by learning from other people. Yeah. So why is safety different? It should be, and you know what's funny is that why is it that trades when they're working on their own personal homes, they put safety on the back burner? 
Sandals all the time. If it's summertime, they're building decks. They're building houses with safety Crocs, sandals. Crocs and safety oh, sandals. 100%. And then they're not even wearing goggles. They're just like, it's just a quick cut. It's just a quick cut. It takes milliseconds. Safety squint. Yeah, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Like, don't do that. It's just yeah. like you should be wearing. And, and I've noticed as I've gotten older that the earmuffs, man. I oh, spent the on money on the whole uh, time. On the, I've spent the money on the ones where I can't hear you if you're right next to me talking yeah. to me. I got to pull them yeah. off. And I go, what'd you say? Yep. Right, so I'm like, it's just because the, it, it just hurts your hearing now. So I, it hurts your hearing because you damaged them. I man. used to go to a lot of clubs and I never wore hearing protection. And now, if I don't choose the, r the right route with tools or even going out at night, it's like I'm gonna have a bad day and I'm just gonna hear buzzing in my ears, and it's not good. Are the younger guys conscious of this? The ones that I'm around, I if I You're see something, I, I like if electricians doing something that like going like this with a knife, yeah. you know, I'm going to reach out. Cause like, yeah, sure. Maybe you're going to leave me a dick, mind your own business, but it's worth it. You know? And you don't need to tell them the story of what happened. No, to you. I just you're go, just Hey, watching out for their back. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. all it is. Hey man, here's this pair of safety glasses. I just want you to be safe. If they choose to or not, it's up to them. But you know, I feel better knowing that I kind of informed. Maybe they don't think of that. Maybe they don't have a boss looking out for their best interests. Or they have them like, I always find it interesting that, all the safety PPE stuff is just like in a dirty bag somewhere. It's just yeah. like yeah. in a box somewhere. It's just an afterthought. You have to make it accessible. It's between my two seats and my sprinter. That's where everything and is. And it's clean. And Yeah, it's clean. Right. It goes from here right on there for tomorrow. And when they get, because I don't care who you are or what brand it is, but safety goggles will scratch. Yes. Depends on what's going yes. on. They just happen. So when you start losing the vision, the protection that you're supposed to be getting, you can't yeah. see clearly. And now you've got to start doing this or whatever. Then yeah. what's the point of doing that yeah. when you're actually doing something, right? Yeah. 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 You get rid of them, break them, throw 100%. them out, and get another pair. 100%. It's as simple as that, right? Yeah. Or the best thing I like doing is you go on factory tours of brands. Because they always give you a yes, brand new pair. Exactly. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Hearing protection and goggles, right? I had to get a second <laughs> luggage going to uh, Milwaukee uh, to go through their thing. They're like, here, here, here. <laughs> That's all it is, man. So yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of things that. Okay, so I love that you're gonna. You got an exit plan, man. That's gonna put I, you in a different state. I realize being a tradesperson that you're not gonna. You're not gonna be able to do what you do all the time. And I, I've tried expanding my business and I, I don't know, that's just not the route that I want to take anymore. You know, I, I, I'm not- You don't want to franchise target and get- No, I realized that a long time ago. Okay. I, I don't want that. And the thing is, when I go on vacation, I tell everybody I'm on vacation. If I had 10 guys working under me, am I really ever on vacation? No. You know, like it's- They'd be know. reaching out to you all the time. Exactly. So I realized that a long time ago, I was never going to be big. So when I'm you shut it that. down, you shut it down. Yeah, yeah. I like all- I'll probably all, always do it until I can't anymore, but it'll probably be toned down a little bit. So, yeah, we have an ex exit plan. Uh, I'm a little bit of a hippie that I want to grow, like, uh, some fruits and vegetables and, and you know, that, being a, a little bit of a minimalist. Uh, yeah. I want to get into maybe high-end microgreens for restaurants and stuff, and I... Uh, have like a 14 by 14 room that's that's in my basement that I'm going to completely make an indoor greenhouse. And I'll do a two-week turnaround for microgreens and sell them. And that's awesome, man. And if I can do 2,000 every two weeks off that, that's a win. I didn't leave my house. You know, you just got to deliver it. That's it. Exactly. Or they'll, they can pick it up on their rounds. I'll probably do a delivery service for yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, but the thing is like... That's what will make me happy long term is like being at home more. Like ever since I bought this property, I was like, 
how can I be at home more? I've never really wanted to be at home. I always wanted to be out doing things, but it's, it's a very new feeling and a very relaxing feeling wanting to stay at home and just enjoy the space you you purchased for yourself. Were you just trying to figure out how can I make a living while I'm at home more? Yeah, yeah. And that's I, a great way to do it. Yeah, it's uh, like, it's just... That's why, like, it's not going to be all eggs in one basket. No. Like, it's not like plumbing. But it's going to be one of your things, right? Yeah, so exactly. there's seven days of the week. And exactly. then you can figure out, well, this is what we do Monday to Wednesday. But even Wednesday. if you had to work a little bit more, you're at home and you're enjoying it. You have uh, home-cooked meals you get to enjoy three times a day. Like, it's like being at home has a lot of pluses. I'm sure a lot of people realize that through the pandemic. You know, you, know, you just get to be more who you want to be and not sit in traffic every day. They realized that things weren't working properly at no, home. No, no, it's dysfunctional. They're they're waking up early in the morning, trying to get their kids out to daycare, and then going to work, and then doing it on the reverse, and they just had no them time. You know, I think that's one thing out of COVID that we could, most people probably realize is that they realized who they were and what they needed. And if not, well, then you really ignored it because it was in your face. <laughs> if you didn't change or didn't learn, then you got to really wonder. That was your chance. I know. That was the only chance you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah They can try sure. again, but that's about it. Yeah. But what else you want to, I, I want to get close to wrapping up and ask you these 12 questions. I'm curious about them, but I think we touched upon a lot, Brian, man. Yeah, man. Um, I, I think one thing that's hard, uh, payment terms with long-term clients. We can we can have new clients set our payment terms and it's easy to follow. But like what happens if you have a five year relationship and they start slipping a little bit? Like it's an interesting thought that you bring up because, because they, I'm they faced always with bring, they bring it the other way around, how they feel that some trades long term relationship, yeah, they start slacking on their skill set, so they're cutting corners. But now it's an interesting point that you bring it up because it's a valid one where they start taking advantage of you now. Yeah. I I, I so it's, they'll just keep on pushing off the pay? Yeah, it's like first payment, of course, it's easy to get. It's more so the end payment. And and it's like, it's really hard having that conversation that I found over the years with, you know, me saying previously that I mostly work for the same people all the time. Sometimes it's like they're busy or I'm busy to collect, sure, whatever. But then like, sometimes it's like months. And it's like, it's you can't just go, you don't matter anymore because maybe they're giving you 20% of your business a year, you know? But, like, it, it, it's a It's dangling a carrot. Yeah, no, for sure. It's not right. Yeah, it's, no, I understand. I and was having a conversation a, with Roger from Technometapost this morning. We were just talking, and uh, I'm planning on doing a roundtable with GCs, right? Yep. So this is something that everybody's been asking me to do. So I have four GCs here of different levels in their career, right? That's sick. Senior, junior, and yeah. two in the middle, right? Yeah. And then we got talking, and he kept on saying about how he's getting frustrated where people know that they have to pay you, mm -hmm. but they're avoiding your, your calls. You're, they're yeah. avoiding your texts. They're avoiding your emails. Yeah. And so he was talking on and on and he's dealing with it right now, a couple of clients or what have you. And it's like, pff, which trade or which GC or which supplier is not dealing with that? That's like a constant theme yeah, in yeah, the construction industry. Everybody's history. dealing with it. You bring it up, it's dealing with it. So then I said to him, Generally, I was going, hush, hush, though, because everybody's embarrassed. <laughs> it's always like that. Yeah. And I said to him, what if you actually asked the GCs to answer the phone, to answer the email, to answer the text, and just be honest and keep an open dialogue going, listen, I didn't receive the funds yet. They're supposed to be coming this Friday, whatever, but keep them in the loop. And then always for like two, three months, answer it like engage don't disappear mm -hmm. and i guarantee you that gc would probably have a better business that's being run 
if they did that instead of trying to avoid everybody because you're just prolonging the payment process? I think there's also bigger issues like costs of everything that's going up. And if you... But if, if you, you agreed on price point and everything's done, you've done the work. No, no, for sure. Yeah. From my angle. Yeah. But let's say you're, I'm working for a GC and that person quoted a job maybe eight months ago for the homeowner or whatever. They're literally your boss and they're the manager of all the funds. And the thing is, if they didn't do their job properly, they may needing that other job to open to pay that. And that's that's like a... Whose fault is that though? Bro? No, it's not our fault. Exactly. But we're the ones dealing with it. And it's no, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. You know, and it's like with a long-term client, that's why I made a specify long-term client. Because it's if it was a one-time client, you just go, adios, I don't need this stuff in my life. But that's not right either. No. No, for sure. Because that's what they're counting on. Yeah. And then you lose out the money. And then what happens is you get a GC that's there in their 50th year of working and they've lost to the tune of seven figures mm -hmm. over the course of years. Mm -hmm. And that's not right either. <laughs> yeah, I would say like probably five to 10 is where most years end up being lost. Loss? Yeah. Over like, like maybe like. I'm hoping you're saying like 500 to a thousand, but you're not. It's 5,000 to 10,000. Yeah. You have a client that this one, a homeowner that you went for, you did a service call and they said that maybe they would pay you at this point and they just didn't like it. it, it the thing is the bigger your business, more you guys you have, of the course. more chances you're taking. Me, I'm very small fish, you know, compared to these guys who have 20 trucks on the road. Which I couldn't probably, even imagine. They'll take advantage of you as well. Of course, because you they, they know, people know that you're not going to small claims for... You won't fight it. No, it's it, too, too much time out of my day to go fight it. It needs to be over like the 500 threshold for you to go fight that. But that's your yearly vacation money. Yeah, it's... That's your upgrade the micro. Like, you just become better at judging people's character betting you know yeah i, ha I sure. had a, a, a duluka he's reached out to me he's a bricklayer and he's been he listens to the show and he was like texting me and he was just asking me he's been asking me a bunch of questions of what he should put in his contract and stuff like that and i just that clause like, gets bigger and bigger uh, every it, it year does, it does but i said to him listen based on my experience you can have an ironclad contract yeah. You can have everything oh, yeah. covered. Yeah. And you can do the work perfectly and yep. you can stipulate everything. You could be the nicest person all of a sudden and you could still get screwed. Yep. And then it's a question on you now. Okay, you want to spend the time and effort and money to go through that whole legal process now. Mm -hmm. I just said to him, You're it's better too off easy to it's do too that. easy to go that route. Yeah. I said, just vet your clients better. Yeah. And I go, don't necessarily ask them direct questions. Just when you're meeting them and you're going through scope or whatever plant certain scenarios and see how they react yeah. if you paint a certain picture about jokingly saying what if we just hate each other one day and i come in and you can't stand me and you want something to change and and then all of a sudden watch how their body language is see how for sure if they're going to sure. be defensive exactly yeah, 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 then yeah. you start realizing oh, i don't know if i want to work with this person yeah because what if that does scenario that scenario does happen yeah. i don't want to work with this person so oh, i just sure. said focus on trying to gauge body language better and this right? is where me deciding to go into business and being a people person a little more is beneficial because I don't mind. I don't consider it time out of my day to sit down with the client having a coffee. Let's joke around about something other than work. What are your kids doing? Yeah. How old are they? See what do you enjoy? What do you are. enjoy doing after work? We What's don't have, to, on we don't have to go golfing together, but we can have a conversation yep. about it. Yep. You know, And I think that is the difference between you getting paid and not getting paid sometimes it i agree with you, 100%. you know? and 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 you'll you, discover things about that person that family that dynamic 
I, I, I went to go quote a job one time. Sorry, Brian. Uh, I went to go quote a job and the couple fought right in front of me. I just <laughs> met them. And she said something. She, he said something. She didn't agree what he said. On the line of a divorce. And they just <laughs> fought. Like, they just unleashed right in front of me. And I'm yeah, like nope. thinking to myself, like, I just met you people. And then I just politely yeah. in an email just pull myself out of the bidding. Yeah. And I said, I'm not interested. I can't do this job. Good Thank for you. I'm like, there's no way you guys just no. fought in front of me. I'm yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. deal with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But I, yeah, you're right. You gotta like people, please, and just try to read people. And, and I think like we're very busy people, and we have to. Be, in order to make it, you have to be very multitask thinking. Yeah. So, and then if you get into commercial, which is the reason why I kind of stay away from it, it's not only <laughs> theirs money; they have investors. So if in, one of their ten investors is not happy. Well, maybe that money is going to be held. And there's you don't even know who these people are, but you're doing business with them. And you're a low man on the yeah, totem pole. Yeah. And odds are you might not get paid. Exactly. Because they'll be stuck in litigation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, sorry, we're not paying you. We don't have the money. Yeah. But I've done the work. And most of those guys probably have way more money than you ever will. If they're doing the investment, investing, you know? There's the shady part of the whole business. There's sure. like all For kinds sure. of stuff. But it, I guess it also falls on the tradesperson on how they react to it. That's that. I'm, I think 90% of the time, it's how you react to a scenario. If you're unhappy, it's probably for a reason 90% of the time. Yes. What did I do wrong? And I, and I really enjoy this question when I'm on site. Like when you don't have a general contractor on site and, and, and you are expected to do a certain work, it's really hard to build that relationship because they, they're just a text, hey, can you go here, do this? And there's no relationship necessarily. It's just very transactional. But if, you, if you're on site with the contract every day and I can go up to you at the end of the day and go, hey, were you happy with everything? Is there anything that didn't get done that you were expecting to get done today? It, it, like, will your client be happy with this? I tried like making sure I covered all, uh, dotted all my eyes and they bring something to your table. And you listen to that? That's am huge. I, am I wrong to assume that most GCs today are not on site? I've worked for a lot of companies that used to be a little bit smaller, and the GC basically had three sites open, and he visited one, two, three on rotation. Okay. And then that, like one of those companies, uh, he basically is running uh, from his house now. And he's only on site maybe two days a week. I know, but he should be on site. I understand that, but everybody's had to make changes based on their needs in life. And but you got questions. No, you're not the only trade that's got questions. No, for sure. And, and But you, you see their sites fall apart in a way. Yes. You know, like, like they're, they're not clean. The client's coming in going, who is here today? Yeah. They shouldn't be asking that. No. You know, like th there's a lot of things that I've seen. And, and most of the time, I will slowly work out of that going, ah, this is a recipe for disaster. I see it coming. And I don't really want to be here for the main main storm, you know? I was always on site, man. Sometimes too much because I wanted to learn and pick the brains and try to figure out what's going on for each of the That's trades. the difference, though. And then answer all the questions, right? I, Get that I, answer right away. I think I would make a... I, I started doing GCing, but I, I really... I think it, you need a... Some experience in that from watching somebody else. Yeah. Uh, not just, I want to be a good GC. You know. Uh, you got to shadow somebody. Yeah. To get a better and idea. I, and, I, and I had to get out. But I realized that I don't mind GCing my own projects. But if it was for a client, the expectation is completely different. And uh, yeah, like I love houses in general. I, I, I love what it does for somebody. I love how different you can make one from the other. I know that like, you know. If you build a house well, it'll interact back with you a lot different. 
You know, it's uh, I, I enjoy that part. I, I'm That's why I'm at the bi- building show. Yeah, man. Like, I, I, most I plumbers probably don't go to the building show. But like, no, I know, but it, you went to the kitchen bath show, so there's a lot of plumbing. Yeah, going no, on for there sure. Well too, but right? I'm more like, what's a new vapor barrier? Like, what is a new foundation? You know, like, you just like, want to see what's going I on. I want to see what's going on. And and this is another point. Being in a field, if you're a plumber and only understanding plumbing, that's the efficiency. Yeah. If if you don't understand where the electrical needs to go, and you put your water lines where a light switch should be, you should know that. You know, if it, that's why HVAC comes first. But what happens if I had to get in every forty HVAC guys and I screw them? Well, then when that happens, you know, it's like you need to be well rounded in construction before you're in it. And I think that's a big flaw in in there, where one person goes in, doesn't care about the next trade, and then it's for the other people to deal with. I've always said it that at your own home you should listen to it breathe. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, you should get a better understanding of how your house works. Yeah. Because I've always been a big fan of having like dining room tables or single standing tables, but a receptacle underneath it. Mm-hmm. On the floor or just underneath it, right? For a laptop or something. So when you yeah. want to, if you want to sit at that table, that's not being used for a formal engagement, you know, family get together, whatever, but you have a laptop and you want to plug it in instead of trying to plug it to a wall and have that, Tripping hazard. A tripping hazard, right? And Macs are fine because they got the magnet, whatever. But the thing is, why not just put the plug there? And it's like you take these little ideas from commercial facilities. You take it from like what they're doing. And every table you go to, even in this facility, you go to any of those tables outside. No, no, in some rooms, not ours. We had to put ours. But all those tables outside there in the open area, there's a plug right there. Makes sense. Which makes all sense, right? 100%. So it's just like you start letting your... You, you, you hear your house breathe mm-hmm. and you'll start learning certain things. And the best thing you could do is actually when you're trying to figure out how to design your bathroom, how to design your kitchen, how to design your bedrooms, you start understanding what certain things you need to put in there. And these 100%. are all things that you start picking up from going to home show or speaking to other trades. 100%. They saw I did this. They, you know, and I, and you that's, start, another, oh, that's great. That's another big flaw. A lot of people have these homes. We're all told to buy a home one day, start a family one day, but then people don't understand how to, use their home yep. and how to take care of it maintain like how many people know that a tankless water heater needs to be having uh yearly maintenance on it in flush or the calcium and lime will build up inside it and hrv it won't work erv filters yeah or ha- how about you know at one point i have in my uh my notes is how many people could call me saying that they have no water coming out of their shower head yet they didn't massage all the nipples on their shower head and they're all blocked with little calcium deposits you know it's so simple i, I do that every so often oh, when me I'm too. when, Listen, when i'm not getting that soft <laughs> rain on my head i'm like the calcium's built up there yeah so then you take a shower and for the first two minutes of the shower you're cleaning each of the nipples that's all you're doing how, how many clients have you, you gone to or have i gone to oh like, it's just like you, icing yeah yeah <laughs> Or you, you go in and you and like you have a drain call and you know you have a drain call and you tell them you can't put grease down anymore and all this stuff. They're like, we don't do that. I'm like, okay, well, somebody did. <laughs> and it wasn't me. I'm just here to take it away. You we, know? we don't do you that. You can deny it all you want, but I know the real outcome. Can, can I show you the pipe? <laughs> it's yeah. like, we don't do that. One thing that I shared with people on the gram a little while ago was there's many people I know that just go to the bathroom at nighttime, they don't flush. They don't want to disturb. But that urine sitting in the toilet will—it's the worst thing you can do. Worst thing. That toilet's gonna be like killed in like a matter of years with the lining of calcium. It's like it's it, it, you know it's it's just people don't think about it because they're educated. But like, where do you get this education from? Being told don't do it. Don't make the noise at, at night. Make the noise. Who cares, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I if know. If it's yellow, yellow, mellow. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's funny, man. 
We cover everything? You got any more notes to bring up? I think uh, we'll leave it for I'm time. so glad to have you on the show, yeah, man. man. I know it's a long time long, coming. Yeah, long time you're a busy guy and everything, but I'm so glad that you got you on the yeah. show, man. So I yeah. got the 12 questions to do. All right. Target Combined Services, Brian Isaacs at Target Contracting, 905-903-5434. Bryant at TargetCombinedServices.com. What are these 12 questions? I sent it to you. Oh. Did I send it to you? Maybe not. Probably. Don't worry. There's no right or wrong. Okay. They're just fun questions. What's your favorite construction word? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, gonna come, I had a word when I first read this. I, I did read this. <laughs> that was many months ago. And now I lost track. Okay. So what's your least favorite construction word? I'll come back to the first one. I don't really like derogatory words. Like when like somebody try to make you feel little. Yeah. Anything that classifies in them, not for me. A little... Sh- Jab. Yeah, yeah, a little jab. jab. What turns you on in construction? Um, sexy design. Like, I, I love a well-thought-out design. When, when a designer gives me blueprints that have every height of everything labeled, that turns me on. You can visualize. Oh, yeah. The whole the bathroom on the blueprint comes to life. I don't even have to build it. <laughs> what turns you off in construction? Um mess when a job site's messy there's no reason i can't for function it. there's no reason yeah, for it yeah. not in today's day yeah. every trade just pitch in oh yeah my biggest peeve of having like tim horton's timmy's all cups everywhere cups on every window seal every every nook and cranny yeah just throw them out when i'm there i just go i i just walk around and throw them out i don't care if they're yeah. full i just yeah. throw them out well, exactly. you throw Nobody, that nobody's out? coming back I for that coffee not and especially if they're on <laughs> table saws man oh <laughs> what's your favorite curse word um gonna probably be the f1 f1 what's your favorite vehicle of all time anything in the world uh it was an r8 until i drove it and i lo- uh, any, you like it i i love standard and the one that i dr- uh, drove was paddle? not it's paddle i'm not a fan of uh, i don't paddle. like paddle you can't even buy a standard car very easy anymore they're, they're pushing them all out because they're not the fastest no i think porsche announced one recently a brand yeah? new one okay There's, yeah but it's uh, it's 300 well, it's probably out of my yeah, price range stupid price i have a a5 it's the stick it's, it's great i, I love, love it i love stick, i love it man yeah i, I don't know many kids I, i'm an audi guy I don't think any kids know how to drive stick these days. Probably not. No, I, I, it's good that my fiance doesn't know because then she doesn't take the car. <laughs> <laughs> What's your least favorite vehicle in the world? <clears throat> Anything domestic. Anything American, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Like they, it These just, days, I'm saying these days, they had an era. Okay, yeah. They Back had in an day, era. If you're talking like... I would say the era stopped late 70s. Yeah. Like the Dodge Neon, that was a terrible <laughs> car. Let's throw that underneath the bus right there. Dodge Neon, Kia Soul, yeah. all, Hyundai Pony. Like, there's all kinds of bad yeah, cars. But yeah, yeah. what construction sound or noise do you love? I know the next one, and it's a grinder. I hate the grinder. You noise. hate the grinder? Yeah. Okay. Um, but which one do you love? Construction noise. I after I snake a drain and it slurps. So a grinder for the next one. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I think, well, you already yeah, shared some of that. that. Architect, um, designer, electrician. Builder. What profession would you not like to do? Um, outhouse cleaning. Or yeah. Yeah, porta potty. Yeah. yeah it's it's kind of like in my line of work, but not. It's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. I don't know. Back to the first one. What's your favorite construction word? Ah. <sighs> No favorite construction. I really didn't put too much thought into that. It's not design or green or anything like that. Well, I had some guys say good morning. 
yeah. like things like that. Good morning. Just, just good That's morning. That's a construction word? Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's the construction site. You get on a job site and you just kind of say hello kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, productive. Productive. Let's throw that. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? You did good, son. <laughs> Brian, man, pleasure having you, bro. Same, Thanks man. so much, Thanks man. Thanks for having it's us. It's been a blast, man. This is yeah. great. I wish yeah. you all the best. If you've got Thank any you. questions, let me know. I'd yeah. love to come by your place and take a look at it once you got to have all done, man. Oh, let's go. I totally would love to come by. Even if it's it. not done, you can walk the property. Yeah, I totally let's have would a love beer. to do that. Yeah, for Have sure. an espresso. I know you're, you like those. <laughs> well, I drink both. Okay. I don't think I've said no to anything these days, right? Okay. I, I'm not going to be drinking. What are those... Um, I'm a Negroni guy. Are you all right with that? Oh, I'm totally fine with that. But what are those bubble teas? Is it bubble tea? Yeah, I'm not a bubble tea guy. No, like no, that's no. Stuff like that. I'm not Especially with the tapioca. Yeah, you know, no, I'm not. No no, 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 no. Just give me alcohol. And, and, I just got in the coffee. iced coffee. Iced coffee works yeah, too as well. Yeah, it's a little nicer in the summertime when you don't want the hot coffee. I'm still, I, I wait for my hot morning coffee to cool, to cool down. down. It takes too long in this cup. <laughs> <laughs> but, Everybody uh, check them out. Target Combined Services. Brian Isaacs at Target Contracting. 905-903-5434. Bryant at TargetCombinedServices.com. That's Thanks, it, man. Many. Thanks, man. Thanks. Angelina, we're out of here.